welcome to episode 25 of a little more free i'm like i'm katie <laughs> we're doing like a quick and dirty check-in this month sorry this week, this week. it's been a long week ways <laughs> <laughs> just a week ago that I was out there and we're I was like yes hanging out had all this all the time in the world I know how did that happen I know you you had you had the return of like tech football games crowds of people and the Labor Day holiday and the Labor Day holiday and we had well Thursday night we had our sustained Floyd gathering Yes. Empire, which was amazing. Yes. But, but you had to drive all the way out for that. It's quite a drive. Out and back. And it's just been interesting because ever since jumping on again more full time at, at Wine Lab, it's like, you know, it, it's I enjoy it and it's fine. But it's like weekends are when I'm working the most. Uh-huh. You know, and so like it's just different. It just takes some getting used to mentally because usually, you know, it's like weekends, you're like, Ooh, okay. Coming down some time to relax. And me is like weekends. Okay. Here we go. Like jumping on the upswing. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Mondays I, I go in and I'm the tip fairy, which I love. And Tuesdays are my like one day when I can chill and that's our podcast day. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is a chill day, you know? Um, but I think I'm going to need to find a way to sneak another, another Larkin day in there so that I can go lay in the Creek. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I mean, six days a week. That's a lot. It's not sustainable. And it's a (laughs) trend. It's transition right now still. So, and just ramping up fall time in Blacksburg, which is like, oh my gosh, I was driving today and I saw someone that had gotten hit in the crosswalk. Oh no. In Knoxburg. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. I know. It was so bad. Which one? Um where I am so bad with the names of the roads. <laughs> where I think it's Tom's it's the it's the it's the road that comes out of where one of the new traffic circles is. I don't know. I'll have to look on a map to tell you. It doesn't, it's okay. <laughs> I won't be on that street then. If no. If you can't even think of it, I probably am not going to be. I mean, it's been so crowded in town and, you know, energies are just heightened right now, I think. Yeah. 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 Sure. Well, I, um, since we're, since we're trying to keep it short this week. Yeah, we can try. <laughs> we can try. But uh, I, you know, rather than sort of like doing our normal, like organic flow of conversation, (laughs) I thought maybe we could sort of like hone in on a couple points we wanted to talk about and um, uh, sustain Floyd or poem or what do you think? Let's, let's talk about the poem. Okay. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. So backstory, after I shared my favorite T.S. Eliot quote, Katie emailed me and was like, did you know that that was only the beginning of 
that poem? And I said, no, I had no idea. <laughs> so read us, read us the, the whole poem, Katie, yes, if you'd like to. I can, if I can pull it up here in a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> okay, this is T.S. Eliot. And I, and I only, it's, I just didn't want to like transcribe you and I wanted to put it in the notes. Mm -hmm. And so I looked it up online so that I wouldn't have to, you know, do all the typing. I was like, oh, there's more to this. All right. It's called Wait Without Hope. I said to my soul, be still and wait without hope, for hope would be hope for the wrong thing. Wait without love, for love would be love of the wrong thing. There is yet faith. But the faith and the love and the hope are all in the waiting. Wait without thought, for you are not ready for thought. So the darkness shall be the light and the stillness the dancing. Whisper of running streams and winter lightning. The wild thyme unseen and the wild strawberry. The laughter in the garden echoed ecstasy, not lost but requiring pointing to the agony of death and birth. Oh my God. I mean, and it's like, what are you oh talking about? Oh my God. Oh my goddess. I mean, whoever took that excerpt and probably put it into that book that you were looking at or yeah, my life coach training book, they took out the best part. I know. I know. <sighs> Whoa. I mean, it was, it's just, it gives you chills. Yeah. You know? And like T.S. Eliot, like what, who are you? I, I want to get to know him better. Oh my goodness. Where I think that we're revealing our slight illiteracy with that. Cause I think people from at least last century, they'd be like, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yes. anyway, clearly. He, he got it right in that poem or got it good or whatever. Yeah. And isn't he the one also that says like something about going and coming back and you'll, but when are you started? Oh no, that's someone else. I don't know. Oh yeah. 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 And you, you find that you've come back to he where that's exploration. That's, that's Joseph know. Campbell. Oh, okay. you go to find the world and you find that you, oh, you know what? Let's find that. I'm oh, so unprepared, everyone. I know. <laughs> hit, hit pause. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, so I think it is T.S. Eliot, what I was thinking of. And the quote is, we shall not cease from exploration. And the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. That is the one. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I weirdly feel like that about just even being here, being home, you know, yeah. like, and, you know, cause I sort of, I guess I talked a little bit about leaving Blacksburg and the New River Valley multiple times. Cause it was like, you know, not fulfilling. It was a place to run away from for Boring. a long time. <laughs> It was, and you know, in high school, it was a site of torture. I mean, I was very like ready to get the F out of this place Yeah. in 1986. And, 
And like now it's like, it's like, I feel like I, I don't know. I feel a little bit of what that is, is knowing it, knowing it certainly in a new way. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel that way on crack right now. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest. And, you know, I had been so still on the fence about whether to go back to Maui, try to go for more permanent or not. And like, life's just like, nope. Blacksburg's your spot now. Wow. For now, yeah. you know, everything. Yeah. Changes. And there's some grief there that I haven't fully allowed myself to feel, but I'm happy, you know, what's here for me is so big right now that it's easy to release what I thought was, you know, would have been or might have been. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want you to read that, that last one again. Okay. Where did it go? Oh, here it is. We, we shall not cease from exploration and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. It's a good one. Yeah. <sighs> so true. I mean, all my crazy travels and leaving and coming back and trying to, you know, both DC and Blacksburg, like, yeah, it's, it's been a ride, man. (laughs) Yeah, no beautiful, magical, messy ass ride. (laughs) (laughs) And, and it continues. Yeah. But it's, you know, in, I feel this thing that I have been searching for for so long. And that is, I feel at home in my heart. Mm. I finally found the home that lives in my own heart. Isn't that what the poem is saying? That is what the poem is saying. Yeah. 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 I remember. Home in your heart so that you know, you really know. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, uh, it was after my one, one of my really bad breakups, <laughs> my DC bad breakup. Then I was, I was living, I had moved into a studio apartment and it was when I was preparing to go to Bali for my advanced women's yoga and leadership training. And I was talking to my teacher, maybe it was both of them, but I think it was just one of them. And I was sitting on my bed and I don't know if I was crying or not, probably, but I was just like, that's all I want. Like, all I want is to find my home. All I want is to find my place. All I want, you know, is mm-hmm. to find my life that feels right and aligned in my person and all, you know, but really it, w- it was less about, it was about external, but it was more about that feeling inside Mm -hmm. of being at Mm -hmm. home and not feeling scattered and pulled and like, I don't know what's right or what's going to happen. And, you know, I'd just been like totally broken open when I, after I thought I'd found like this person who was going to be there, Mm -hmm. uh, who was going to be my home. And my teacher, I think said something to the effect of like, well, it sounds like you're searching for the home inside your heart. Mm. 
And I was like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) That is, yes. Like that is that it was the nail on the head like that. Yeah. That was accurate. And so that was in 2014, the end of 2014. Um, and it's, and I feel lucky. I mean, transformation, yes, takes time, but I think because I've been so in it and so in the shit, a lot of the time, Mm. like mine has been pretty accelerated, Mm. um, versus folks that aren't willing to be in it and uncomfortable and like push those internal edges and really like, like you were saying, you know, you're a mystic, like we are both mystic seekers. Like we are driven. It's, and it was probably, we were born that way. I'm Oh yeah. I really think it was. Yeah. Some people are born that way. Yeah. And some people don't have, you know, that's not part of their value system and that's fine. I feel like it's like in my, you know, they talk about people who are like, they just have a kind of sensitivity or an inclination, you know, you would call it a creative or an intuitive kind of like just personality style. And we're, you know, like on the Myers-Briggs, you know, the, the INFP, you know, that it's like, it's like a really small percentage of the population, but we're here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we have needs. <laughs> yeah. And and depending on what kind of like what we're surrounded by, you know, fulfilling those needs can be a sort of an arduous process. Right. You know, taking you in, you know, on all of these <laughs> like difficult, tricky paths. If you don't have a lot of support and role models and mentoring and like that and you know and I think it's a way of life that or a way of being that this culture doesn't really understand that well and you know but yeah takes you on heroine's journey after heroine's journey yeah heroine's journey (laughs) yeah I just feel really lucky to be on this path and yeah. I know part of a huge part of that is because I've now arrived somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yes. Um, and I mean, it, like, so I have been sort of telling your story a little bit <laughs> to some of my friends who are really yeah. into stuff because it's just, it's like, you know, I feel like it's also part of the times, mm-hmm. you know, and the sense that, you know, in the midst of all of the really difficult struggle kind of stuff that's going on and you know that a lot of people are really on high alert about or ignoring or whatever but you know all this sort of round two with the vaccine and the virus and you know California's in major culture wars and you know it's just ugly and then the stuff with Afghanistan and the I mean you know on and on and on right weather stuff and weather stuff oh my gosh yes yeah the climate on a lot of fronts in the midst of all that, there is this other thread. And so it's sort of like heartening, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, that people are starting to sort of find, you know, sort of wake up to something in themselves in a way that 
you know, I think is not just unique to like the one person or the, the two people, or in this case, you know, I have a small collection of people that I'm following <laughs> or yeah. who seem to be on this. And so like the way that it, it, it seems to me with you is like, I have this image of like, you know, we each are a unique piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. and no one else can fill the place that we, you know, you fill, if you don't bring it, no one else will like, that's like the gift of your, you yeah. know, your, your uniqueness. Um, but that like a lot of the times we, you know, we sort of like, we don't know, we don't know ourselves. Right. And so the puzzle pieces are all kind of like chaotic and spinning around. And then, and then one thing locks into place, you know, and it's just there in the pattern. And, um, I, I feel like that happened with you. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you're done learning and you're done growing or done expressing. I mean, that's like ongoing, right? Yes. And, um, you know, it doesn't mean that you're like, you know, you've got all your everything together and you have all the answers. Definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> it means you've found your place in the pattern and you're like, you're there. I'm there. And, and I, I said, yes. Yeah. I didn't waste a lot of time questioning or being like, but I thought that I thought this was going to happen, or this is too weird, or like this person's mad at me, or like whatever. I'm just like, yes, I'm here for what's in front of me. Mm. And that I'm able to do that is because of the last decade plus of the internal work I've done. I'm sure. Absolutely. You it's know. not, you know, it might look like, from outside, like a, a flip, a switch flipped and it did, but it's, it didn't switch. It didn't flip overnight. Yes. You know, oh gosh. it's been being oiled and greased and like, you know, tended to. And so it can finally like, and, you know, and in a way, like all the disappointments too. Oh yeah. They like build the foundation yes. to help you like finally stand on your ground. Yeah. Because all of those disappointments are all the, like the dead ends in the maze, right? Mm -hmm. Like, nope, not that way. Nope, not that way. And the fact that it was so sort of long and protracted, like, oh, it was, you know, oh, it's not this way, Uh, you know, (laughs) like helps you to like, really know that this is, this is right. Helps me to trust myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So many folks hide from themselves. So many, so many people don't have a hard time trusting themselves Mm. because we haven't been, you know, we've been conditioned not to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So just that reminds me of this, you know, this little, I go on these little jags and I've been, uh, so I was posting on Instagram. Uh, By the way, your Instagram game is like insanity. Is it? Oh my gosh. (laughs) You're posting like all the time on our, on a little more free Instagram and also your Katie Morikawa Instagram. And like you, I can't keep up. I mean, you've been doing videos and like story, all this stuff. I'm like, whoa, like I've barely, that's the one thing this past week. Like I took a bunch of footage and pictures, but I haven't had time to even post any of it. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know what you should do? Cause at work, cause it would be fun is you should do lives. You're right. That would be really fun. Oh my God. That's like, like, I can feel my like gripping. (laughs) We're getting into the throat, the throat chakra gate, the fifth gate of Venus, just in a couple of days. Oh my gosh. Really? Already? Yes. Let's see. I'll look at while we discuss this, but I haven't felt like I've been like really that active on the, um, what is it? The podcast Instagram, you know, the a little more free Instagram, mm-hmm. but I have been working with the, my personal one. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I feel like I'm in this like voyage of discovery, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I was like, you know, I was like, I was like in the woods. Oh gosh. I'm just rambling now. Just <laughs> I ramble. In, I was in the woods here. No, wait, wait. I just want to get to first. Let's see. September 10th. Oh, wow. September 10th, the fifth gate of Venus happens at 29 degrees, 14 minutes Libra. Wow. Like the last degree of Libra. That's always like big, you know, it's kind of like, you know, sort of like final exam energy, you know, it's now or never. (laughs) So reclaiming your voice, finding your voice, right? Because the evening gates are always about retrieval and reclaiming. Mm. And then you have a month to do it in. Um, So it's, you know, it's not, don't expect it to happen on the 10th, which is, it's right at midnight at the beginning of that day. Wow. 12.48 a.m. And, you know, uh, I don't know, like to me, and and then Venus spends most of that gate in Scorpio. Hmm. So the opening is Libra. And mm-hmm. so of course that has to sort of that, you know, sort of crowns the opening, mm-hmm. but then, you know, you're in Scorpio the whole time. And to me, together with the, the, the notion of the throat chakra and reclaiming your voice, that all has the feeling of like political activism really strongly, yeah. um, you know, cause Libra is about politics, the, you know, of course your voice, but then Scorpio is that like intense, like drive to be like we have got to change things you know we need to transform things and like being like very very like in your face um about some things um but that reminds me just this tiny pause hummingbird has postponed her her activist astro course oh oh to start in october oh she didn't so, want to be on this moon, new moon cycle. <laughs> no, she decided it next one. You know, the next one is super crazy. That's the one we were talking about. Yeah, I know. So, but anyway, I just want to mention that in case anyone who listened to her, okay. you know, podcast with us was interested in signing up, but didn't it's, you know, you still have time. So, yeah. 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 Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So I'm sorry. I was just saying I was here. This is what I wanted to talk about. Oh my gosh. Look at that book. It's, I mean, I don't read books, but my mom hands it to me and I'm like, Oh, this feels very timely. So what? Say it out loud. Hope in the dark, untold histories, wild possibilities by Rebecca Solnit. And, um, 
I just opened randomly last night to the chapter titled Changing the Imagination of Change. And so then I got really inspired and I pulled some quotes out of here and I, that, and I posted on Instagram last night and this morning. Yeah, <laughs> I saw some of those. I shared one. Um, yeah. Uh, so Thanks for doing really- that so that I can just share what you're doing and I don't have to. <laughs> 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 uh, so the first one was, but her, the basic idea, and this relates to what you were saying is like, you know, this, it seemed like a, a switch flipped overnight, but it was a 10 year process or more Yeah, that that's how it happens with change. Like from mm-hmm. an activist point of view, it's like you do, and you do, and you do, and you do, and you don't get the results. Like you, you know, it's like, you're not, you know, you're not getting, um, the same kind of output as from your input. You know, you take all yeah. these actions and nothing's happening and da da da. But very often there's this like, you know, it's being going into the ground. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, it, it doesn't always, you know, turn into something, but that history is made out of common dreams, groundswells, turning points, watersheds. You know, that it just like it bubbles up from the ground and it's it's a landscape more complicated than commensurate cause and effect. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And so, you know, it's and I, you know, so it's I think it's true for personal development as well. You know, it's like you go and you go and you go and you go and you're like, I'm not getting the results. (laughs) I paid for this coaching program. Yeah. And nothing's happening. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And this one, and this one, and nothing's happening. (laughs) Nothing's happening. You know, and then all of a sudden you bloom. Yeah. You know, and, and all of those, you know, all of those steps along the way allowed this moment to happen just like that. Yeah. Um, So. Mm. Yeah, the other the other cool quote, the one you shared, which is an awesome one from um Gandhi G. Oh yeah. Our favorite. First they ignore you. Then they laugh at you. Then they fight you. Then you win. Which, yeah. you know, that I just love that it sort of like gives you hope. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. Gives you hope in the darkness. Yes, 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 yes. Mm. So <clears throat> that reminds me of um, something one of the, I think it was one of the board members said at the Sustained Floyd gathering last week is, is what do we hope for now? what do we hope for mm. and, and how, how do we achieve that? Or how do we, you know, lay the groundwork or start to move in that direction, you know, yeah. but it's, it's almost like we're at the point now where the things we've hoped for, it's like, we got to start but behind that and reimagine what we hope for. Yeah. Right. I know. I know. Cause like it, it keeps changing. The landscape keeps, cha- keeps yeah. changing. And so our old hopes, they're a not going to be sufficient and B they like they're missing. There's other like amazing things that you know, yeah. are even emerging now. And so 
Mm -hmm. Um, so backstory, do you want to explain what sustained Floyd is and what all that was? Um, I can. Yeah. I mean, you probably know better than I do, but sustained Floyd is a nonprofit, right? Mm -hmm. That is in Floyd, Virginia. Mm -hmm. That was founded 15 years ago and by the Crenshaws, correct? Mm. And there was a core group of people. A core group of people. Yeah, I think my dad said last night, I think he was a founding member. I never really know that. So, wow. Yeah. Um, And I've just recently come into the fold in uh, April of this past year, 2021, helping with the eco fair Mm -hmm. um, that was virtual this year. And you know, I, I, and we were like behind the eight ball at the last minute going, oh my gosh, we don't even know what we're doing. We were using this like fancy platform. Um, not that I thought was a real platform in Floyd. (laughs) Was it a hopin hopin hopin? Yeah. Yeah. A virtual platform, a virtual platform. Yes. (laughs) And, and like everyone except for me and Celeste were like total technology Luddites. Oh no. And Bijou, but she was, it turns out she was really busy. I had no idea. She was working 60 hours a week on a documentary. Oh Oh my gosh. Oh no. You know? So, so then at the last minute scramble, we pulled in, you know, some like extra bodies, including yourself to help the (laughs) support staff. So yeah, carry on. And I was busy too, but I, something in me was like, yes, like, this is important to me, you know, like in my, my like non-activism, but wanting to be an activist, like environmental activism has always been right up there at the top of the list. So, yeah, you know, and being local, you know, local ish to Blacksburg. And so just like, yes, okay, I will help you. I don't know what's to do or what's going on, but I will, I will show up basically. And, you know, it went really well. And then we've had a couple other one on Zoom or you've had, they've had a couple in person and one on Zoom. Just one Um, follow up. We had one follow up gathering for the the people, the staff, right? the Blue Ridge Eco Fair staff. And it had to wait until the end of July because people were traveling and stuff. Right. Um, cause the eco fair was like April 30th or something mm-hmm. and you couldn't come to that. Right. Um, but it was amazing. There were all these amazing ideas being talked about. There's a really gifted group of people, very diverse yeah. group of people that kind of came to the fire. Yeah. And so then we did a repeat. Yeah. Last Thursday, which you were able to come to. Yes. And it was incredible. I mean, just to hear everybody's story and where they're coming from and what they've done and what they're passionate about and where their interests lie. I mean, it it does give me hope. Yeah. You know, and um I just started, I I kind of, well, I don't regret, but I didn't start at the beginning, but there was something that Woody said that made me, that was pretty early in the discussion that made me like grab my, my notebook and my pen. And I was like, okay, I need to write some of this stuff down. Um, And so I was able to capture a lot of it and, you know, pull, you know, 
the quotes that I, that like impacted my heart, you know, like jot those down. And, um, so I'm glad I did that. So I was, I spent this morning typing those up and sharing them. Um, but yeah. And just this, you know, the space that we were in together, like outside around a campfire under the trees, like with a yeah. potluck of yummy food and like talking about saving the planet. I mean, it was inspiring and I'm just excited. You know, that's one aspect of, of yes, like let's get my wine lab situation a little more settled um, because I want to be able to put energy and time into, into sustain Floyd as well. Um, that's cool. They'll, yeah. they'll be happy to hear that. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> not, might not be fair. Yeah. They're trying to recruit younger people. Yeah. They really realize that they've been like the board. Most of the board is over 70. Yeah. And they've, you know, they, they did the farmer's market and Floyd. Oh um, yeah. Talk about some of the stuff they have done. Cause I know they've done quite a bit, you know, other than the farmer's market, uh, well, they have, a this Volt wagon. So oh it's yeah. Like, it's a mobile solar powered wagon, you know, to be a demonstration of solar power. And mm-hmm. like they, they parked it out at, at yoga jam last week. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think they were a sponsor or something. Yeah. But as far as like long-term projects, I think the farmer's market is the only one that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've done other smaller things. Well, and, and you think we can talk about the, the grant they just got? I don't know about it. Okay. <laughs> so if you, I don't know if it's, we should hold off on we'll that. Hold off. I don't know. We'll hold off. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. But basically things, more things are coming. And so we've been, you know, these couple of times we've been gathering together to kind of crowdsource and brainstorm and and think about what is, what is next for sustained Floyd? What will be the most impactful? What will be the most supportive? What will be the most accessible? Yeah. Uh, And really thinking about with the realization that they were able to do a virtual event, that this doesn't have to be something confined to Floyd. Right. And that there's this thing about, you know, the power of the conversation and like, you know, being in conversation with other groups of people, you know, maybe who have no vested stake in Floyd, you know, that's not what it's about, but, you know, sharing ideas um, and getting inspiration and getting, you know, the like, okay, we're not alone. Yes. And, and stuff that, that, you know, I think that that sounds like it's, evolving as more of a central focus for the organization. Whereas before it was more focused on, you know, local infrastructure kind of projects and (laughs) nurturing, like, you know, the local food movement and the, you know, obviously with the farmer's market and yeah and stuff, but that like, you know, we're, something is shifting. The times are shifting and we're needing to kind of like, I don't know, be, be both global and local. Right. And, and, you know, a couple of things that were said that really were impactful for me was we need a global solution to a global problem. And that has never, like, there's no evidence that we've been able to do that in the history of mankind that we know of. Yeah. Um, But then also we need to build local communities for when these systems start to break down 
oh, for, for when so the true. next tornado rolls through Blacksburg, you know, like, yeah, so it, we need the, we need both. We need, we the, need both. Yeah. And as, as you know, the, the ever wise and charming Fred first said, um, that, you know, even though, you know, they're, you know, we're thinking big and everything like that. And the problems seem enormous that if you focus on what you can do, like, you know, in, in one thing Mm -hmm. where you are, again, this is back to that spiritual premise of like, you know, where you're at, what's in right in front of you tackle that, like, yeah, that, that, that can make a big difference. Yes. Like just, it seems like it's not that, you know, it won't put, it's a drop in the bucket, but Those it can drops make a big add up. difference. It yeah. can make it, you never know what's going to be a tipping point either. So, yep. so anyway, that was. Well, I, and I just want to share one more thing I wrote from the, the I think it was Bijou that said this. <laughs> Or maybe someone chimed in with, anyway, people want the no chigger life. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Like they want to be comfortable and, you know, they don't want chiggers in their legs, whatever, but you don't grow and your soul doesn't explode from that kind of life. Ah, oh my gosh. Yeah. And it is, you know, people need to feel more empowered and, and people need to, you know, I don't like the word wake up, but like start to see what, see, look, see what is in front of them. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, instead of spending so much time in, in your internal, internal turmoil, which we all have a lot of, you know, we all have it. We do. And some people just get stuck there. Yeah. And, and, um, but it's like, but this can be a, a healing for that a, oh, yeah. a resource, a reservoir oh, yeah. of like support. And- well, and that's the thing. It's the symbiotic thing of like bringing people into nature, helping them connect in that way that starts to heal the internal, you know, storms or whatever. And, and it, then it, it is- inspires people to care for nature. Exactly. Heal the external storms. Exactly. So it's all like, symbiotic or whatever that word is it's uh, I don't know I like it yeah 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 uh you know the I'm I just started this book called rewilding which Mm -hmm. you know that's a topic so like the big theme for this particular gathering around the fire was talking about you know healing the 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 disconnect with nature um, cause it's the disconnect that's yeah. causing us to like, just not notice that we're like destroying, like all of these ecosystems and just, you know, yeah. it's a disaster. It's like the big companies can see what they're doing, but we're like blind and oblivious and we're, you know, watching Netflix. And, um, so reconnecting with nature and this, this, uh, this book rewilding by what's his name? He's uh, one of the Kripalu. Oh, by Micah. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. He's amazing. Um, he talks about one exercise uh, for people to like, you know, just walk on the grass barefoot. Some people who go do that. <laughs> so I've been doing a lot of that lately. <laughs> well, but there's people who they haven't done that for 25 years or whatever. Yeah. And they're like unsteady on their feet without their shoes and all this yeah. stuff. 
And I was like, okay, I'm going to take, I'm going to go out. I'm going to do a post of that on Instagram. So I went out and I was going to take a picture of my feet on the grass and my feet were stark white. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I'm like, I thought that I could walk on the grass barefoot enough, but probably not. (laughs) Your feet are like blinding you. (laughs) They were blinding me. So, you know, it's like, ah, okay. Just that simple act, you know, even for someone, I feel like I'm very much like in nature a lot. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. um, that's really neat. So where that led was this whole, like rethinking the, um, the problem of these you know, invasive vines that we've got growing mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, the Asian bittersweet vine, I think it's worse than kudzu and the, the vines, because the vines are so strong. I mean, that when they're alive, they are the strength of wire. Like you cannot break them. Wow. Those you will can't. be good to make stuff out of. Well, once they dry, they, 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 they dissolve. Uh, oh, they, they, yeah, they're not, they're not good that way. Only when they're alive. And they have a growth habit that's corkscrew, mm-hmm. so you can't rip them out of a tree. Like it's impossible. And they, wow. they girdle trees, you know, where the bark grows and then it dies because it can't get any nutrients up because the vines are girdling it. And, um, you know, in our lower field, I've said this now five times, I think on this podcast, <laughs> like it has, <laughs> the vines have ripped up a, a full grown poplar tree to the ground in the space of a summer. Like we watched it happen and no, you know, well, Michael watched it happen. I was like, what are you talking about? Cause you, yeah. you just don't even notice them. Anyway, you don't notice them until like out back. All we have is dead tree trunks, no tops covered in vines. It's like a dead wasteland, you know, like in hope for the flowers, you know, how, when the caterpillars were climbing up the columns, except with vines. And it's a matter of time before, if we don't do anything, you know, this happens. And I'm, and I've reached out to to the Virginia extension. I'm like, are you guys doing anything? They're like, we don't have a plan, you know, no, I wonder if the forestry people, what about the forestry people? Those are the ones I, I reached out oh, to. Okay. And I reached out to someone at tech and she was like, you know, it's just lack of budget. And I don't think anyone really honestly sees how bad it is. Yeah. It's all over the Huckleberry trail, wow. but you can't notice it yet. Yeah. It's just in among the trees, you know, and it's a beautiful leaf, but very green. Well, so, what, can we get like some folks together and try start going to cut this stuff down? Well, it's, it's tricky because if you cut it at the base, it just in, inspires it to grow even stronger. It's oh very, my gosh, very, very, like, a, like gray hairs. I found my first couple gray hairs, y'all. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, and when they get really big, you know, they're like bigger than my finger. They can get to be like that wide, just massive growing up. Um, Wow. The best solution, you have to pull them out by the roots, which when they're small, it's not hard, but they're very pervasive. They're everywhere. So like if you cut them at the, at the, near the soil, 
and then paint this like gnarly herbicide on the cut, the cut trunk, mm -hmm. you can then kill them. But the kind of herbicide that works is the kind that does not break down in the soil. Oh, dear so Lord. You have to be very careful. So I've bought some and I have little squeeze top, you know, the, the, the squeeze top bottles that have the sponge applicator. Oh yeah. Just so that you can very carefully like apply it after you cut the thing. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculously time consuming. So I've been feeling very desperate and yeah. I brought that up at the fire as you know, and so we had this, that discussion about invasive species and, you know, of course, Jason devil's advocate is like, you know, advocating, you know, like re changing our thinking about like, well, what is an undesirable species? You know, like it's only undesirable because it's changing your, because it's you know, killing, the killing all the trees. Yeah. That was where I was like, I draw the line there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's one thing to apparently grass is an invasive species. That's not native. Although is that true? They had the prairies. They what? had the great prairies. Grass? Whatever. I don't know. I heard a lot of stuff said that maybe it's not true. <laughs> but anyway. We need some fact checkers for our podcast. I know. <laughs> Anyone want to do it? No. <laughs> but the last idea um, that, you know, that he actually happened to throw out was one that actually had come to me in a meditation like a month ago when I, I went into a meditation and I just asked like, you know, the nature of this place, like, yeah, what are you saying with these vines? Like, what do you want us to do? Like, and the image I got or the really strong message was like, I want you in the forest more. I want you, you know, like in the forest, making it beautiful. And oh at the time, gosh. I didn't know even how to, what to do with that. I was like, yeah. I don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> we have nine acres. Like, what do you think I'm going to do? Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. But then after, after that gathering, I was like, all right, if we're talking about a complete change of how we think and how we be as the, you know, this is the only way that we're going to like solve the problems of our time. Yeah. Then what can I do vis-a-vis -vis that? And I looked at, and I thought, well, okay. Um, if I were to spend more time in the forest, I would need paths to get in there. Mm. And then I thought, I was like, oh, you know, if I had some nice walking paths throughout, you know, the whole, there's a really steep hillside that's covered in trees, you know, I might actually want to spend time yeah. in the forest more. And then maybe I would just be there more. That would be my leisure time. Maybe I would go for walks there instead of on the road. Yeah. And I would, you know, be in motivated to tend and take care of the mm. forest. Because, oh, because the, the, uh, the rest of the, the comment that Jason made was that, you know, the idea of the untrammeled wilderness, you know, that's John Muir, yeah. the untrammeled wilderness, like, and I actually knew this from other research I'd done, like, that's actually a myth. Yeah, that's not true. 
It's not, it's not true that people have lived on this continent for millennia and they always managed the wild. Yes. And if they weren't doing like really, you know, controlled burns of the underbrush so that you could, it was easier to hunt and travel, Mm -hmm. you know, there were other ways that people have managed the wild. Yeah. And so I, I thought, all right, um, we can do this maybe. And, um, and then I remembered also that experience of working down at, in North Carolina and building the camping platform. Yeah. The, the overwhelming feeling I had after having done that for a day, that the, the forest was so like, the forest was like feeding all this like nourishing energy into me. And that the forest was happy that we were doing that because mm. it would mean that we would be there more. And that, that we would love and we would take care of the forest. Yeah. And it was this really strange, like very powerful feeling that I don't think was my imagination. But, no. you know, people who aren't into this stuff, they go, oh, you're just making up a lot of stories to make yourself feel Guess better. What? Guess what? I don't care anymore. Honey <laughs> <laughs> badger don't care. Because I have experienced it and it is my truth and my experience. And if you don't want to believe me and if you think I'm a wackadoo, great. You're welcome to have that opinion. <clears throat> and the, the point is like also like if it succeeds in making you happy, healthy, like disease free, yes. mental, free of mental illness, like if it solves a lot of that, those problems, the modern ills, mm-hmm. then hello it's working, right? Yeah. Anyway, so, so I started last weekend. You did? I did. I did. Oh my gosh. And when I first started, uh, I mean, it's a big job. It's going to take a while. Uh, Yeah. But I figured, I realized as I was in there, I was like, you know, if I do this, not as a chore to get done, Hmm. but as like a way to spend my time, the journey, not to destination. being in the woods. Yes. Like it so changes it. Yeah. And, you know, at first I was like, I told Michael, I was all fired up. I'm like, we have to do this. Like, look, it would be so amazing. If look at that hillside, it's so amazing if we could be in there. And, and he was like, that looks like a lot of work. I'm busy. <laughs> He shut it down and he went to bed. He watched TV and he went to bed. And then the next day he was up and he was out and he was doing his version of tending the woods, which is uh, cutting snags down and the, you know, sawing firewood. But then after that, he went in and we bushwhacked a whole trail, you know, that I didn't know where it was, but he knows this land better. And so he led the way and I came along after and it was really wow. That is so cool. Anyway, that's, that's my thing. And it's just like, I feel like I'm just going to be discovering and exploring and yeah, you know, who knows? Um, But this forest is not as healthy as it could be. Yeah. It's a, it was a cow pastures Mm. for like a hundred years up until the 60s or something wow we have photos that's cool so it's it needs a little help yeah needs tending needs tending tending the wilderness tending Tending the wilderness trail 
And, and and that was another thing my friend Celeste was saying, because she's gone. She's now doing this forest. Oh, yeah. What is it called? Bathing? It's not forest bathing. Forest bathing is part of it. But yeah. it's this way of, um, you know, being a guide. Yes. Being a forest guide or... I don't know, maybe that's not exactly it, but uh, I was hoping I could pull this up here. Come on now. Oh no, I must've, I filed it away. Um, yeah, but it's built on this whole, you know, like the rewilding and the forest bathing and that, you know, this is all like part of it. Yeah. But I guess that like the teacher of the school that she decided to go to, she's getting certified in it, um, said that, he has like one of the strong messages he's gotten is that the forest misses us. Yes. I mean, in my pandemic year, when I was literally just with the land, most of the time, like I felt that so strongly that it wasn't just benefiting me. Mm -hmm. The forest was so happy to be, seen and acknowledged and interacted with you know energetically and physically and it, it in a way that's true. not just coming and taking resources no no you know, blasting a path through so you can ride your four-wheelers even you know that's better than yeah. nothing yeah. but it's you know <laughs> yeah you know yeah i need to share i don't know if i've ever really shared my I've alluded to it, or maybe I did on one of our earlier episodes, my, my experience during my forest Reiki training where, yeah, we talked about it, where it was just these like energetic hits of like, whoa, <laughs> like nature is, what is that word? Co co not cognizant. Conscious? Sentient? Sentient. Yes. Nature is sentient. That's one of the things I will just say. And if someone wants to argue, that's fine. But my experience, my direct experience is that nature is sentient. And just, you know, we need to start treating her as such. Nature has intelligence. Everything in nature, everything that is alive has its own intelligence. Yes. That's another thing. It's like, we've been so like narrow-minded in our ideas about that. Just sort of seeing nature as this object out there and, you know, plant that by Michael Pollan talks about this in a, in a cool way about the intelligence of plants. Yeah that um, they don't have minds like we do. And obviously they can't get up and walk around like we do, but that they solve problems. He said that they are master chemists mm. that no one, I mean, plants hands down, they're like, they got chemistry, you know, the done. They're like, cause they can't, you know, solve problems by moving. So they do it chemically. <laughs> Yeah, you know, for attraction or repulsion or, you know, all these different ways. Hmm. And because that's sort of how you end up with these psychedelic compounds. <laughs> that was the <Right>. context. <laughs> like a lot of them are 
So a lot of them are um, insect repellents, wow. like caffeine and tobacco and nicotine. They're insect repellents. Yeah, but um, those aren't psychedelic. Those are, but those are drugs. Um, but then some of the some of them, it's sort of like psilocybin. Like, it's interesting. Is it is it attracting or repelling? Like, what's it doing? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because like, if you take psilocybin and your mind gets expanded and you see all of nature in this way, then maybe that's a benefit. Yeah. You know, yeah. it certainly causes you to like harvest the mushrooms and carry them around and the spores drop around and then they, you know, they get spread, which is the goal. Mm. Yeah. Well, we, we had a, we had a pretty good long one here, a longer than a short, longer than short. Medium moderation. What do you know? (laughs) (laughs) That elusive old thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else? Anything from the fire? Hmm. Well, one thing that Woody said that was really impactful was we're going to have to go through this. We just are. It's happening. And uh, everyone's going to, you know, react and respond in their own ways. But I think we need community right now. And that's what I've been feeling for the last month. And, and since I, you know, surrendered to being more of a part of Wine Lab and some other things like community, you know, I've been trying so hard to do my own thing for so long. And it's just like, nah, like not only is that not good for me and my chart and like my mental space and all that, but like, I think just the times we're in, like we really, it's time to let our balls down. It's time to communicate. It's time to be honest. You know, one of the principles of my life coach training is, is to be Tao. T-A-O, transparent, authentic, and open. And that's not going to be easy. It's going to be uncomfortable. People are going to have feelings. When, when someone transforms into a different version of themselves, even if it's a more aligned, awake, authentic, happier version, the people that knew you before are going to struggle with that. That's been happening for me. It's not been pleasant. <laughs> Oh, has it really? Yeah. Um, but you know, I've, I've, because of the work I've done, I've, I've been trying and able to hold space for it all. There's room for it all. There really is. There has to be at this point. Yes. Um, oh and- my God, I had a dream. You're reminding me of a dream. Tell the dream. One, I want to say one more thing. The yeah. thing that Woody said that made me pick up my notebook, and I don't think I even got, got the whole sentence, but he said, you know, we need to stop complaining. We need to gather our strengths and expand our minds and expand our hearts because we're going to have to go through this and we're going to have to go through it together. And all of this, that's the world right now, not going to work. Yep. (laughs) You know, it needs to be, we need to find a way to 
do this yeah. with ourselves with, internally, you know, internally, but then also with, with one another and within our communities. Yeah. 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 And the false faces, the masks, yeah. they're not, it is the, the, the time for those is over. It is done. And they're painful. They are. <laughs> they're painful and they're a pain in the ass. But as you say, like the, the friction, as you sort of remove the masks that I think is explains Oof. why people haven't done it Hard more one. often. Hard <laughs> one. Yeah. 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 <sighs> but what is under there is absolutely beautiful and a good, and you just have to like, hold on to that and yeah. believe in that. Yeah. You know, even when people are like reacting to you and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to tell us about your dream? I I just want to see if I can remember this one line that a dream okay. character said to me. Oh. Um, he said to me, "Oh, pause it." I couldn't remember it. But it's fine. It's fine. It'll come along. So I want to close today with sharing that. Tragedy of tragedies. Yesterday was the Virgo new moon and it was the first time this year I did not put an email out and I feel okay with that. I feel sad, but I was, I'd been working yesterday, wine lab from noon to about 7:45, getting the tips and some other things in order. And I was like, okay, now it's time to do my other work. And so I went outside and I sat in our little lounge area and got out my computer and like the sun had just gone down and just like, okay, do I really have the capacity to do this right now? And, and, and I was like, I don't, and that's okay. And that maybe it's time to surrender these emails Mm -hmm. because they've not felt totally aligned for a while, you know, they, they felt like part I, of a strategy that yes like, oh. yes they were like something I needed to do something and have my list and put stuff out you know and now I'm like I don't build your coaching practice right and I I I've gotten great feedback from them I enjoy like serving those that open and read them in that way but there's just bigger stuff happening right now than like this is the moon. This is the element. Here's how you can connect with it. Like, you know, I don't know. And so many other folks do those types of things. You know, I mean, I have four emails in my inbox about the new moon. So, so I was sitting out there and I was listening to this Trevor Hall song. That's incredible. And, uh, I look up at the sky and I see a little bright dot and I was like, is that Venus? <laughs> is she watching me right now? <laughs> so I get out my app, my sky app. And sure enough, it was her. Wow. And Great. I felt like she was like, yeah, it's time to just surrender these. Like you've got bigger things going on right now. And, and, uh, that's okay. And I, you know, you don't need to write something announcing that you're not going to do them anymore or whatever. It's just like time to, to move with the, 
go with the flow, follow the flow. But what I did put out yesterday is were my archetype cards. So these archetype cards are really incredible. I got them during the pandemic sometime. And so I picked when I made my moon cycle mandala at the beginning of 2021, I picked um, cards for each of the moon cycles for the entire year. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the car and, and some of them, and I kind of, I was like, okay, all of this happened so fast in January and I was trying to get it out by the Capricorn new moon. And I didn't know what, I didn't know anything. I was just kind of like following my intuition and stuff. And, but I was like, I will pick cards for all of them because then I can put them on Instagram and like that would provide inspiration and blah, blah, blah. And so they've been, some of them have been like, "Eh, I'm not really sure what this is about, but most of them have been like pretty like, oh, wow. You know? Mm. And, um, I got, I got the inspiration because Kim Kranz, who is the designer of these cards, she does a year ahead spread in January. So I did Mm. a year ahead spread for me personally, um, with all my different decks, but then I did this for the moon cycles. And so I'll just share. And a couple of the moons wanted two cards to be picked, which happens, you know, sometimes when you're picking cards. So the two cards I picked for the Virgo new moon were Apocalypsis and the Nectar. I'll just share both of those. Apocalypsis indicates a particularly painful time one that unfolds when two disparate dynamics occur simultaneously, pulling the psyche in seemingly opposite directions. The first is a lifting of the veil. This means that truths that have been kept in the dark are revealed, seen, and unearthed. No matter how relieving it is to witness them come into the light, an element of despair and grief follows. The second dynamic is the regeneration that comes from the wreckage of the revealed truth. The old narrative breaks and a new story forms. Apocalypsis energy is similar to a forest fires, devastation for the sake of regeneration. The veil lifts and we see who and what has been hiding. From the nakedness of the truth, a child is born. Have faith in the process and hold on to your center. That is the only way. And then the nectar. I'm gonna grin. <laughs> in Hindu mythology, there is a miraculous substance known as amrit or nectar that contains infinite healing power. This golden nectar or sacred elixir is the drink of immortality. And like its sister substance, Soma, is known to activate subtle, intelligent forces that ease the bind, body, and spirit. Though esoteric, these images lead us to the central energy of this archetype, the sweet, potent, heavenly essence that lubricates our spirit back to life. The nectar calls us to identify and relish in places, practices, people, and activities that regenerate and heal. Medicine is needed, and it comes in subtle forms that you may be overlooking. Seek the most sensuous, fragrant flower in the garden you have forgotten. 
don't underestimate this remedy. It is said when someone has activated the substance within, it is reflected in their shimmering eyes. The new moon in Virgo <laughs> was Monday, <laughs> September 6th at 8.52 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time. Yay. Wow. I mean, I feel like that's just, I, when I read that, when I saw that on Instagram, I was like, this is exactly this, like, you know, these, like, like these two dominant yeah. streams that I've been following, you know? And the, yes. I just thought that's nuts. Yeah. <sighs> wow. I won't even tell you the next couple of cards. Whew. Ah. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> well, it's all happening around this. Like, so just, you know, for a little bit of a, a forecast note for people. Yeah. Coming up on October, let's see. October. So the new moon is when? Do you have that date? The October new moon? Mm-hmm. Like the 7th, I think. Um, I don't have it right now. It's, it's, but it's around, around it's around system. there. Yeah. Maybe yeah. eight. Well, the, it, the ninth is the Venus gate okay. and it's in the evening sky. So the new moon has to be before that. Okay. Okay. The eighth on the eighth Mars aligns exactly conjunct the sun in Libra at 15 degrees Libra. Um, a day, a day and a half later. And that happens like at midnight, almost on the eighth, the beginning of the eighth, mm. um, a day and a half later on the ninth, um, in the afternoon as the exact alignment, Venus conjuncts the moon, the crescent moon for the sixth gate activation. This is not the next one coming up, but the one next month. And so the new moon that's right before that the 6th Would, of October is the 6th. Okay. 7. AM 7. 5. AM. Okay. 6th. And that's in Libra. Mm-hmm. And the crazy stuff that's happening around all of these, these alignments, I don't know about the new moon alignment. I haven't looked at that one, like mm-hmm. with that chart, but the Mars exactly conjunct the sun will be, will have Mercury very close to it. Mercury retrograde um, within three degrees at the exact, um, alignment moment, mercury retrograde being the alchemical mercury. And then by the time Venus, Venus goes into the sixth gate, that is going to happen. Venus conjunct the moon will be exactly minus one minute on the South node of the moon. (sighs) the sixth sixth gate is the third eye you know brow chakra so vision right Mm -hmm. generally and it happens in Sagittarius which is a very visionary sign anyway it's about seeing far and then you have the south node and so sort of you know who knows what that's going to be but it's very extraordinary that it's all like it's so closely aligned and then simultaneously Mars and the sun and Mercury are all going to be within the same degree of Libra. Mm. It won't be on the exact, it won't be exact, exact, but they're going to be all within minutes of each other. 
yeah. in Libra in, you know, 15-ish degrees Libra. So it's sort of like, I don't know what it's going to be, but it feels very ginormous. <laughs> and because, you know, Mars conjunct the sun is like the heart of the underworld process for Mars. Oh, wow. So that's the, that's the point when Christ is dead on the cross. You know, this is before the resurrection. Yeah. You know, um, kind of Mars in the underworld. Like if you were to follow like, you know, Christ's crucifixion as a, you know, Mars underworld process, like it would begin with him, like having to carry the cross, mm. you know, and then he gets, you know, he gets nailed to the cross and, you know, and he's dying. That's, yeah. you know, you're in the underworld process, but then when he dies and he's dead, that's the equivalent of this Mars sun conjunction. Yeah. You know, it's intense. Yeah. You know, so obviously we're not looking at a literal, like in 99.9% .9 of the times, it's not a literal death. No. Because there is a resurrection that happens afterwards. And so only people like mm -hmm. Christ actually physically die and then are reborn. Right. <laughs> so in most cases, it's a, it's a psychological death and rebirth that happens. Yeah. So it's very, very powerful. Um, Hold on to your butts. <laughs> yes. And I mean, you know, like you, you'd think that people must be wondering, like if they're not used to like underworld processes, why are they so happy talking about this? <laughs> I mean, part of, sometimes it can be like grisly and awful, but there, it also can be like so passionate and intense and cathartic and like, like the, the way that it happens for you isn't always even necessarily going to be painful. Right. Right. You know, like underworld. Just you know, activating. It's activating. It's incorporating the shadow, you know, it's bringing soul retrieval. Yes. Lost parts of your life force, reality yes. and yourself. And, you know, it has to happen in a way that, you know, engages you completely. And so it's mm -hmm. usually a surprise. Um, so that you'll, you know, you, you're not holding back anywhere, right? You know, you're in it as Woody said. Yes. Yeah. You know, going to have to go through it. Yeah. And that is why, you know, we need each other. We need and, and, each other. And this, and this October window may be a preparation for that. Like there may be, yeah. I'm, I think that there are going to be people who are going to be activated around this window. Like there's yeah. going to be a whole mat, like a, a whole group of people yes. activated around this window. Mars is not just men. It couldn't be men. But we all have our own inner hero. We all have our own anonymous. Yes. Hmm. All righty. Time to go drink some water and walk there. So, so you had you had pulled a card for that next new moon, which is going to be the new moon of all this you know, day before all this stuff happens. So that was that was the context of this ramble digression. Yep. I don't know. Do you want to know what it is? Should we? I don't know. We might need to. <laughs> yeah. I think we might need to. Okay. I will. Here's a preview for all of you who don't listen <laughs> to the podcast. No, for all of you do. So the next two moons, the full moon and Pisces is next, correct? Mm -hmm. That is on the 20th. 
Yeah. September. Conjunct Neptune. The card I picked for that is the threshold. And the card I picked for the Libra new moon is the warrior. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Here we go. You heard it here. <laughs> you heard it here first on a little more free, the podcast. Did we get our donate button up yet, Katie? No. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Abundance flowing right, in. I'll do it today. We need a place. We need <laughs> a vessel. Tomorrow. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. All right. All I knew I was forgetting something. All good. We have time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening, watching, showing up. We believe in you. The world needs your light. As as you are, as you who you really are. Yes. All right, y'all. <laughs> Be good to yourselves. Get outside. Walk walk barefoot in the grass. Yeah. That is my prescription. That is our prescription. That's good.